morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. We take a little time and talk about the real estate market and uh, best practices in the real estate industry. I'm going to show you some things that are going to kind of shock me when I went through looking at this. And I know that this, this is real estate. It's about the market. It's about best practices. It's kind of boring stuff unless you're a seller that has a couple hundred thousand dollars at stake. And every time we list a house, whether it's a $5,500,000 home where there's 50,000 at stake or there's a $1.5 million home where there's $300,000 at stake, that money is critical. So, so it's very boring unless you're trying not to lose that couple hundred thousand dollars. Uh, it's also good for uh, buyers that are trying to get into the market, having a little rough time, but you know, there's a science to this. And uh, so if you're a buyer, the show is good for you. And also for the Samson property agents that are trying to get better and work on their best practices and do more business and do better for their clients, it's good for them too. So today we're gonna to take a look at the market conditions. I'm gonna walk you into something that I fell into while I was doing this, this report. And um, I found kind of fascinating and it kind of leads right into the best practices saved us again. Every week we launch two or three listings. Every week they're on for 1.5, 2 million, 1.8, you know, 500, whatever it is. And, and we learn something new every week. So I'm going to share that with you. Um, you know, what basically happened this week. So let's go here. Okay. So let's take a look at what the market conditions are, market update, and then best practices and how they save a buyer or a seller. No um, secret that inventory is down. Uh, the red line is down year to date. And the yellow line is what we are over last May. So, you know, when we look at month to month, last 30 days, um, that's where we are. Um, and then when we look at you know, where we are year to date, we're down significantly. So Vienna's down almost 30%. Fairfax, 25%. These are the counties, 27, 28. So you see everybody's down between 25 and 30%, except for Arlington, which is just down a schmidge. So, which kind of had me scratching my head as I did the rest of this practice like I normally do. So let's take a look at this. You know that I'm a stickler on what percentage of homes is under contract. Both when I'm selling and buying, I need to know, are the buyers in control or are the sellers in control? So this is every kind of market that we're, we're in. Um, you've got everywhere from Arlington to Aldi and Haymarket. And you can see by these numbers, what is the percentage of homes that are under contract? Now, the first one I did was over $1 million. Okay, it's kind of where we live. That's that's our market. That's what our sellers' markets are. But this pretty much applies. So so let's take a look at this. So in in Arlington, if it's under forty percent, it's a buyer's market. If between forty and sixty percent of the homes on the market are under contract, that's a neutral market. Anything over sixty percent means the sellers are in control. It's a seller's market and uh, a little more difficult for buyers. So in this, in this area, of course, Centerville, when we talk over a million dollars, that's one house out of four um, uh, is, is, is active. So, you know, not a lot of inventory there, but when you see a lot of inventory in places, you see this. Now, I got a problem. I had a problem with this. 
um, I knew that over a million dollars in Vienna is half and half. You got a 50-50 shot. I took a look at that. I said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. All of our stuff is under contract. And all of our stuff goes under contract in the first weekend, right? That first 96 that I keep talking about, it all goes under contract quickly. So how are we at 50%? So I, what I said was, I said, let's take our deals out of it and let's see what the rest of the market is doing without, without us. So if you take our six transactions out of the 19 that are pending, you look at it and say the rest of Vienna is at 45% and we're at 100%. So all of the homes that we've done, and I don't mean one or two, I mean six. Six of our homes, 31% of the market has gone under contract in the first five days. Now, the rest of the market, only 45% of them have gone under contract. And they average 30 days on the market. So that's a lot. I mean, that's really crazy. So in over a million dollars under contract at this time, so our team has six, not bragging. I'm just, these are the facts. These were, this is called authenticating the information I'm about to give you. In other words, I see, is this worth it or is it not worth it? Or is, is this accurate? Or is it not accurate? Is it just your opinion or is this fact? Okay, so what I'm about to say is fact, right? So six homes under contract over a million dollars are Casey Sampson team contract. They're all under in the first five days. Um, then you have Long and Foster has done four. So this is all agents in Long and Foster. So you take all the Long and Foster agents in McLean and Vienna, four of them have listings over a million dollars under contract. Be quiet, George. All Keller Williams agents, good agents. Good agents. I'm not saying bad agents. I'm saying good agents. Three homes are under contract. So our team does has more under contract than all Long and Foster agents combined, all Keller Williams agents combined, all Pearson Smith agents combined, all Weikert agents combined. And Compass has zero homes under contract with all those great agents they spent a lot of money on, um, has zero homes under contract or a million dollars in Vienna. Now, I literally ran this three times. I said, give me Vienna over a million dollars. Let me see what's under contract and active and ran it. So I did this and recheck this. These numbers are accurate. So, so I was really um, scratching my head, but I know why. I mean, I really, really know why. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you just something before we keep going on this. I found out this week, I got a chance to go to court to testify for a plaintiff. And I hear attorneys talking and some attorneys talking. And I heard this attorney, his name's John Altmiller, John Altmiller. Now this attorney, when he talks, he's passionate. You can hear the passion for the law. You can hear the passion for what he's doing. He's not just normal, he's not a lawyer. He's passionate for the law, right? And you have to realize there's a difference between people that have passion for what they're doing and people that are just doing something. And this is what I do to make money so I can go away on vacation, have a nice dinner every Saturday night. This is what pays my country club dues. Now, some people have a passion for this. Thank God we found, you know, six or seven or eight agents that have a passion for learning. And, and I will tell you that uh, Johnny G uh, out in Haymarket 
Uh, one of our agents has such a passion. He can quote everything I say on these things. He follows all of it and he, and he follows through with it. And hopefully that contributed to the fact that Johnny sold the highest price home in Haymarket since 2003. So, you know, the agents that are with us are passionate about what they do. Uh, when Morgan or Billy or Kelly or somebody comes in to fix up a seller's house or Colby or Pat or Pam, they're passionate about making sure that it's done correctly with the right contractor. So, so I kind of, I saw John and I said, you know what, that guy just has a passion for what he does, but that's the key. The key is, do the realtors that you're working with really have a passion for what they're doing or is it just a job? So, so we know that we're, we have no inventory. We should not be anywhere close to a buyer's market. If a home is not selling in this environment, when inventory is down 30%, it's user error. It's absolutely user error. It is not getting the job done correctly, not doing it right, not following best practices. And I can tell you that by following best practices, it makes or saves or does everything we're talking about. I, I can tell you that let's take one, let's take one best practice. Negotiating strategy. Our highest and best offers sometimes are 60 to $80,000 above what the next closest offer is. Sink that in for a while. I bought this nice truck last year, cost about 80 grand. It's a truck. I mean, it's a brand new, cool ass truck. That's the difference. That's what they bid over the next highest price. You talk to any agent, we have a buyer, we're walking in. Do you guys accept escalation clauses? Oh, sure. Really? You just lost the truck. You don't get the truck. Because people are willing to bid 50,000 over the next highest offer or 80 or 100. We had one lady bid $150,000 over herself. She was the only bidder. She upped her offer $150,000. It was against herself. And so that's just one portion of this. I'm going to draw another one. Um, the predictive analysis nowadays that we do. Um, and th these are all, you know, when you go through pricing, is pricing correct, preparing the home, marketing, predictive analysis, 96 hours. These are all the best practices that you have to do. When you take a picture of the screen, if you want, if you want, send me an email and I'll send you the documents. I can also send the worst practices. Worst practices. I heard something this weekend or last week at a mastermind meeting that some company is proposing that everybody go online and make their bids online. But the problem with that is you can see everybody else's bid. I mean, our whole job is to keep you away from everybody else's bid. That's why we don't allow escalation clauses. I'd have to show you the other contract. So if we did escalation clauses or we did this online bidding, my seller doesn't get a brand new truck. And I can tell you it's true because I had one seller three weeks ago that said, this will buy my range, he was buying a Range Rover. And he goes, the difference between list price and, and what we got over highest offer was a Range Rover. So I'm not talking about, you know, this is May of 2022. This isn't May of 2023. This is May of 2022. Everybody's going, oh, I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. No, you didn't. It's happening right now. It's happening pretty much every week. I've been disappointed on one house the whole year, one house. I wish, I think they should have got more. I think they should have got somewhere 
in the high 1.7s and they got 175. Not happy about it. But you know, a parent is only as happy as their most unhappy child. And I'm only as happy as my most unhappy seller. And even when they get 50 or 60,000 over list price, they're not happy. I'm not happy. Nobody's happy. But when they get $130,000 over list price, that takes the sting out of it. And some, some are getting 130, 110, you know, we're far exceeding our list prices. Let me, let me just say one thing. So if there's, um, if only 44, 45% of the homes are under contract, that means 55% of the homes are out there. Now we put a home on the market for 1.4, 1.4 million dollars. We had 12 contracts. We had bidding over bidding over bidding over bidding. We had 12 contracts. Now, how can you not sell a house in a market that has 12 contracts? Now, I understand the higher I get the, in the one eights and one nines, it gets a little tougher. But um, we just had a one seven get a monster contract. I mean, monster contract. So a couple monster contracts. So, you know, people are going, well, I wish I, I wish I got in on no, it's it's still right here. It's not going anywhere. I mean, you know, as interest rates start to go down a little bit and they will go down. And let me give you an example of why I think they will. Oh, let me go back. Best practices, predictive analysis. Half the homes we list, we can't list at that number. We'll try 175. Not gonna happen. Nobody's coming. There's nobody coming on showing time. There's nobody loving it online. There's nobody loving it on the MLS. We're at the wrong number. Let's drop $50,000. We do and get 130,000 over list price. That's predictive analysis. You have zero people coming in or one person coming in to look at your house. And, and all of a sudden, all of our radar goes off. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Call the seller. We cannot go off at this number. We need to drop the price 50,000. We are in the wrong buyer pool. Nobody's coming. Drop it 50,000. Get it on the market. 25 people come through. Five contracts. 130,000 over list price. Common. Not the exception. The rule. Not the exception. Not every house is going to get it. Not every house is going to get 130 over list. Not 100. I don't want to blow everybody's expectations out. But the goal here is the predictive analysis is job is to make sure that the buyer pool is coming into this house right? That's its job, right? So, you know, you can look at all of these. I've talked from time to time. Last week or two, I did the big preparing the home and how the home, you know, looks and all this. And I'm just going to tell everybody, yellow is out. Forget about it. Yellow is out. You look at pictures of a house with yellow that screams traditional, that screams aged, uh, that screams dated, um, you know, I tell the story, Morgan came into that house, I'll never forget. And this was, it's getting ready to launch next week. You can find it, it's on Drew Lane, it's awesome. Beautiful house, great house. Yellow paint, huge house, 6,100 square feet above grade. And I'm looking at the seller and he's looking at me and, and I know it's coming because Morgan will not let a house go off with yellow paint. She goes, we, we've got to paint this house. And he, you know, he really liked our team and he's followed us and and uh, we really wanted to list this house. You know, I don't want to turn off a seller. And Morgan's putting her foot down going, no, we got to paint the whole house. 6,100 square feet. So anyways, go through it. It's yellow. 
Now it's beautiful. It's great. We went and did a walkthrough. It looks beautiful. It looks perfect. Morgan's orchestrating. And, and all my agents do this. Billy and Kelly and, and Pat and Colby and I mean and Pam. And they all orchestrate people coming in and out of the house. The seller called me yesterday. He said, that was impressive. Morgan came over. And I mean, the electricians, the painters, the, you know, uh, whoever was fixing up that house. Um, he just had nothing but great things to say. And I realized it really is a team of professionals come in on a house. The seller, you know, I looked at him and I said, I know you don't want to do it. And I don't want to do it, but we're not going to paint the house. We're going to just swap out the paint. We're just going to have a painter come in here and just paint the walls, no trim, no, no big headaches, no closets, nothing like that. So, so we did it. And now we're going to get paid for that. And we're going to get paid big. So, you know, I think the difference between why we may have a 31% market share, which is crazy, and uh, over a million dollars in Vienna. I mean, that's a crazy number that 31% of the homes under contract are all our listing. Um, but it's the best practices. It's the best practices, right? It is making sure that we're locked onto that price. We can estimate all we want. I can price it all we want. I have most sophisticated pricing engines going. I can tell you what the house is worth uh, based on the comps, based on the what's under contract now. We can get really close. But the bottom line is when we launch that listing, if there's nobody there, there's nobody there. If that buyer pool is 40, we got to move. We got it. We've got to move, right? We've got to find it. So why does everything go under contract in the first week? because we know it's going under contract before we even touch the button to launch the listing, right? And I, I know a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people think that's a waste of time. It's not. From the person that does 31% of the business over a million dollars in Vienna, I can tell you it's not. From the team that does more than all Long and Foster agents combined over a million dollars in Vienna, which when you think about that, that's a pretty crazy number. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think that we almost do as much business as all Long and Foster and Keller Williams agents combined. We do more uh, business than all Long and Foster and Compass agents combined. If you took all the agents in Compass and all the agents in Long and Foster, they do not have as many house under contracts as we do over a million in Vienna. Now, it works everywhere. Um, Pharisee Ways, beautiful house, $2.5 million. Big house. Get this. Just settled. We just sent this out. He sold a house in um, in in Aldi in Willisford, which is an incredible neighborhood out there, for seven hundred thousand dollars over assessed value. Now the average is three hundred. Now wrap your arms around that. Three hundred thousand, three hundred twenty-five thousand above assessment is what the average goes for he's at seven hundred thousand dollars over assessment we settled on it last week buyers are happy again rely on best practices do your predictive analysis predict prepare the house get everything ready does it work in aldi you bet your ass it works in aldi now on that one was an exceptional deal in that we had a crisis in the middle of it right and this goes beyond best practices Week four settlement, buyer loses his job, right? Now you've got a house in the stratosphere and we're getting ready to go to settlement. Maybe it's 10 days, loses his job, stop. Everybody remain calm. 
come up with a plan, right? You always got to come up with a plan. And that's why if 90% of the homes are going to settlement smooth and easy without a problem, then you're only dealing with one problem. We have to come up with a plan and get through immediate plan. See if the guy gets another job, similar price range, just get a commitment. If he still loves the house, he can get another job. So we'll wait and we'll be patient. They're sending over kickout contracts. We're saying, no, 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 let's wait. Let's try and find another job. Number two, go to the backup contracts. Try and get a backup contract in here. Another best practice is make sure you have backup contracts all over the place. Other buyers that have seen it. None as high as he was going to go. So what happens? We're patient. The guy gets another job. He secures a, a commitment to, to hire him. And the sale goes through. It's delayed for two weeks. The sale goes through. Why? Because Ferris remained very calm. Best practices. Remain calm. Come up with a plan. Get the plan in the hand of the sellers. And let's go. Now, let me tell you what's coming. Okay? So last year in June, everybody went to the beach. The interest rates went up. The inventory came on. And all of a sudden, we went from having one or two withdrawals to a month in Vienna. To And again, I'm just using Vienna. I mean... We're in Alexandria, Aldi, Haymarket, uh, everywhere. But I'm just using a big, big market. So June comes, everybody goes to the beach, buyers gone. Sellers come on because they want to sell in the summertime. And prices drop an average of 6%. So they went up like this, and then June hit, and then they corrected back down. Now, then the uh, withdrawals went from one or two or three to 17, 18, 19, 20. I think it got up to 28, okay? The interest rates were going up. Buyers were going away. Everybody was freaking out. So there was no real summer market last year. I mean, once it got to June, everything kind of dried up, right? And it was a very rough fall, right? As prices were falling, nobody was sure how much they would fall. So we have been stressing this year, everybody try and get out as soon as you can. We're not sure if the same thing is going to happen this year. I don't anticipate the rates going up like they did last year, but who, who would have known that in May of last year? I'm always, always concerned with what's the unknown. So we can say, hey, interest rates may float down, um, but we'll see. I will tell you this, that the indicators are that if you watch the 10-year treasuries, right? Mike Filan, our lender, Keeps us attuned to all of this. If you watch the treasuries, the 30-year fixed mortgage goes just like this with the treasuries. Well, right this second, if you take the treasury, the 10-year treasury, and you add 1.7%, which is the average that it goes up, that it's sitting above, then interest rates right now are 5.1%. But they're not, right? They're at 6% or 6.1%. What is that? What is the delta? Why is, why is it up? point higher than they historically are because there's a shakeup in the banks. They're a little nervous that interest rates are going up. But after you see that inflation has fallen for 10 months in a row, you start to ease up. Those mortgage rates are going to start coming back down. So I'm telling you that right this second, currently, they are one full percentage point higher than they should be. So as the interest rates start to filter down, and they start to work their way down. And we start to, the easing of the, raising of the interest rates. 
the inflation news, we start to get a picture that it may be better. We may not have the crisis that we had last, but who the hell knows? You know, and and uh, people can predict all they want. People can predict the Kentucky Derby and everybody's wrong, right? But you're only as good as your next report that's coming out of unemployment, inflation, you know, well, you know, jobs reports. So, so anyways, right now it seems like it's a good time. You know, if we want to talk markets, I don't care what market you're in, whether you saw that at 45, you know, it, it, McLean, you give me a house to McLean between 1.5 and, and $2 million. It'll be sold by the weekend. I guarantee it'll be sold by the weekend and it'll be sold for a price higher than the rest of these people are getting for their homes. So it's not the market. It is user error. Either sellers want too much, sellers are unwilling to prepare the house, the realtor is unwilling to get them to prepare the house, or the realtor is telling them to sell it for a lot of money. So we talk about best practices. I think the best practices are always not adhered to down in, um, down in McLean. So anyways, my name is Casey Sampson. Thank you for listening in. Again, boring stuff unless you're a seller that really needs to sell their house and wants to make I will tell you that every house we put on, let's call it a $1.4 million house, if not put in condition, it's one three or one three two five. In great condition, like we did this weekend, it's one five five or one five three. So there's a two hundred thousand dollar swing in what those sellers are going to walk away with. So how many? Yeah, question is how many. Uh, Yukons, how many GMC Yukons is that if it's $80,000 a car? That's at least two cars. Probably, that's three cars, right? Three cars? Yeah. That's three cars. So anyways, it is important what we talk about. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Casey Sampson. You can reach me at 703-508-2535 or my email is Casey at CaseySampson.com. You want to see some great houses coming on the market? I mean, some incredible houses. Francis Young, incredible neighborhood, beautiful lot. The home is gorgeous. The, I think it's one eight. I think it's on for one eight, but that'll go for you know one eight five one nine. And then we got another incredible house on Plum Street. It's the nine hundred block of Plum. The nine hundred block of Plum has bigger roads, nicer homes. It's right at the mouth of Vienna Woods Pool, but this home is gorgeous and has its own pool in this flat, beautiful backyard. So also two, that's why I said, if we have six out of 19, wait till the end of the weekend, I'll make it eight out of 19 because these two houses are gonna fly. So anyways, my name is Casey Sampson. Thanks for listening. You can check out all our stuff at caseysampson.com. See you next Thursday. Bye now.